Well, welcome to another episode of That's It, That's All. Today, I will be featuring my amazing guest. I call her Ray Ray, but we're going to go professional today and call her Desiree Bailey. Um, I, I, I've known her all her life. <laughs> um, and it's been amazing to watch her grow into this amazing woman, um, an amazing mother, an amazing sister, um, an amazing friend. Um, she has a lot of titles, but um, a recent title that she has is Logan's Learning Lab, correct? Yes, ma'am. CEO. CEO. <laughs> okay, now what is, for those who don't know what it is, what is Logan's Learning Lab? So Logos Learning Lab is a private tutoring service um, that is predominantly based in, in services in the Metro Detroit area. But because we offer virtual services, we have um, a few clients that are out of state. Um, so what we do is we kind of uh, work as a liaison with the schools of our clients and we form an academic achievement team where we speak with the parent, the teacher, if they receive special education services, their resource teacher. Um, we just, you know, work together to um, bridge that gap between the economic uh, or the educational standards that are national and then their academic abilities. You know, so whether it's a mental health um, kind of like deficit that's kind of causing them to not do their best in the classroom or just their academic ability. Whatever it takes to get them to feel good in the classroom as well as be their best um, grade-wise or standard, you know, score. And as notice I'm using uh, air quotes because we'll go into that. But yes, whatever it takes to help them feel and be successful in the classroom, that's what we do. Okay, so you are currently working on your master's degree, correct? Yes. So I, um, yep, it's a master's. So previously, I'm coming from the mental health field. Um, I have a, a master's in clinical psychology, and I work as you know worked as a clinical therapist. I've worked as an ABA therapist, which is applied behavioral analysis um, therapy, which catered toward um, children with autism. And then, um, yes, so. What that means for me now in this program, I'll have a, I'll have a national national certified uh, degree in school psychology. Amazing. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Thank so, you. Thank you. <laughs> what made you say this is what I want to do? Why, why mental health? Um, well, mental health first and foremost, because I, as a kid, I always wanted to say I want to do something um, that helps people. So I always thought I was going to go be like a doctor, right? So I was, as a child, I'm like, I'm going to be a kid doctor. Um, I'm going to be a pediatrician, you know, or whatnot. I'm going to be a nurse. Um, and then I was just like, that's not really what I want to do. I don't really want to work in a hospital. I don't want to take vitals. That's, you know, that wasn't my thing once I kind of got the knowledge of what it takes in that field. Um, but I still wanted to do something that helped people. And um, psychology just ended up being the thing that clicked for me. It was what I was interested in. Um, it was kind of like a gift, if you will. It felt like something that I was naturally good at. Um, so I went ahead and it's funny how life comes full circle so i went ahead and i went into 
um, I went to University of Michigan, Ann Arbor to obtain my bachelor's in psychology. And I declared as soon as I was able to, um, so I can get on that track because I just knew what I wanted to do. Um, and then I went to uh, Michigan School of Psychology to get a master's in clinical psychology. Um, and it was just like, once I graduated, I could have worked with any population, right? But I always gravitated towards working with children. Um, and so just seeing kind of like the deficits of in the black community or low, you know, SES uh, communities, just understanding that a lot of our mental health is built from trauma. And um, that, and that's a that's a that's a big thing. And a lot of the world is not trauma informed. They don't understand this is why we act. But if there's a there's a reason for every behavior. And so if you understand the why and what is causing to what is causing a person to act the way that they are, you know how to um, help them because you understand them a little more. And so because we are lacking those resources in our communities, it was I just felt like it was my job to do something about it. You know, what's interesting is that when I originally first started off going to college, um, I've always wanted to be a lawyer. Like that was never a question about it. Like I always wanted to be a lawyer. But then I started looking at the, um, mm -hmm. like you, the psychological part of it. You know, um, therapy wasn't a thing in our community. You know, a real thing. It's almost as if... Right. Um, we were taught that we were supposed to just deal with it and get over. So we, we lack to learn mm -hmm. about, you know, bipolar disorder or um, multiple person personality disorders and things like that. So as I started going to Wayne State, originally I was going to go ahead and go into more psychiatry and uh, be a psychiatrist or a therapist myself. But I kind of got discouraged because when I went to go speak to my academic advisor, they was like, oh, you know, there's nothing you could do with your bachelor's degree. And if you don't go through all of these additional steps, like you basically can never do it. But then I'm learning that you actually can. And I just hate that it was explained to me and given to me that way and discouraged me from just going into that field. And then it made me think how many other people that look like me. Did they discourage from going into that field because it's almost like you were told you weren't good enough to go into that field or you lack the um, attention span, I guess, to say, to sit down and really mm -hmm. focus on a degree. But what they failed to realize is I was already there on my own merits to get a degree. Mm -hmm. And that's and that, it's funny that you say that because I had a similar experience. I was going to University of Michigan, you know, um, they say like, if you can make it, that's one, you know, it's the one of the most prestigious, you know, universities or what have you. Um, but it's a, it's a PWI, predominantly white institution. And so um, it was a culture shock for me because I'm so used to being around my family and I'm so used to being engulfed. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I, my family made sure that I was cultured and exposed to different cultures, but at the same time, it was a shock to understand that, oh, they are not here for me. Like this is not, this program, this institution that was not built for me. Um, they just now really making it, you know, they focusing on diversity and inclusion. Um, and so I would, I wasn't doing my best grade wise where I'm coming from being a 4.0 student and, and all of these accolades or what have you. And then I'm coming up here and I'm getting B's and C's in class. And I was just like in shambles. And so my academic advisor was like, well, you know what? Um, let's try. Maybe I don't know if you should focus on psychology. And she was a black woman. 
she said maybe you should try um focusing on um african american studies or you know that'd be justice. easier for you it's easier you know or you know yeah and so i was just like absolutely not and so she was like it was going into the spring summer semester and she was like so if you can do these classes and you fit and you you pass them then that lets you know that that's what you can like that's and i went in there and i got a 4.0 because i was like you can't tell me what i can't do and from that that moment on i was like oh i can do it it was just that you needed somebody to tell you that you couldn't um and i did and so it just makes they we don't lack the the in the intelligence it's the ignorance that we had you know the i didn't know what it took you know to get here but now i know and so you know and so i, I get it i'm i'm here with you on it it's it's interesting now to see diversity and inclusion as a thing right and they have all of these amazing teams mm -hmm. that's supposed to be of diverse and inclusion but what I always find interesting is, is how they can take one thing of inclusion and diversity and check it with one person in one box, right? And what I mean by that is um, mm -hmm. when I look at some diversity and inclusion teams and different things like that, um, it's almost kind of like it is when you go to apply for a job. You know, you can check one box with one person, meaning I'm a woman, I'm African-American, and then statistically i'm educated right so now i've checked the different mm. boxes for them but now i'm the only person that's here but what about what about the people behind me or even the people in front of me or just the people on the same playing field with me why do i have to just be that one that one form of representation for a community of people how come it isn't multiple of us like it's multiple of them and i always question it because yeah. i just i don't understand i don't understand it like i just i don't understand it you know one thing one thing about me um that i hear like oh i you know i give you kudos about this or what have you i am gonna be who i am I am going to talk in AAVE. I am going to use my slang or Ebonics, whatever they want to call it, um, because I represent the minority minority. I represent, you know, or what, you know, so I'm coming from a, a community where they say it's predominantly violent, you know, and, you know, what have you. And you can make if you if I, I I just feel like I represent those that where they say if you can make it here you can make it anywhere. Yes, I can. Now it does take a lot. You know there are a lot of things you know that factor into what can hinder you know and then what could you know able you. But at the same time, it's about resilience. You know, and so what I what I do is I'm I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna show up with my butterfly locks and long coffin shaped nails that are neon green and glow in the dark. I am going to show up um, as my full self because yes, I may, I may look how I look, but I'm also this person that's the business owner and I've been featured in all of these different newspapers and you know, what have you, I have all of these degrees and certifications like you, there is they're multifaceted. Black people and the people in general are that. And so, um, yes, the diversity and inclusion, as they shape it more, 
their um, understanding that people look, you know, can look like this or come from this and be that. Um, you don't you don't have to have a family that came, you know, that's millionaires that to own a million, you know, a million dollar uh, profited company. And they're, they're seeing that and they're understanding that um, right now there's I think it was an article that was published last year that black women are leading in higher education degrees. Yeah. Um, you know, woo woo. You know, so it's just like one of those things where you just they they're and they're they're seeing it no matter how much they try to reel us back in. We you know, we got that that um, we they just set fire up under us. So we we going to keep trucking. So do you ever feel like you went through a time and a space of while getting your degrees or just doing your walk, um, trying to do your business where you went through a thing of, um, identity like nah, I'm not I want to call it like an identity crisis but where you mm-hmm. felt like you had to tone down okay because I okay I'm gonna be clear we we both from Detroit right we both from Detroit um I grew mm-hmm. up on Snowden you grew up on Ward so mm-hmm. we from the same neighborhood right um mm-hmm. I know it was a point of time where and then each different steps of my life when just trying to better myself right um, I mm-hmm. felt like I was either not good enough for the path that I was trying to go on because of the people telling me that I wasn't good enough. But then, and I know this may be a different experience from you, for you probably, but then it mm-hmm. was as I started to grow on my levels to go take myself to the next level, some of my family and friends who were not going to that level started to put me on this pedestal to make it seem like I was bougie or I thought that I was better than them. So I felt myself like in a in a bad place or a headspace mentally because I wasn't good enough for these people and then I wasn't good enough for where I was trying to go. And then I just felt lost and alone. Um, I didn't... So when it came to the, like, the family and friends aspect, my, my thing, my family and my friends are probably my biggest supporters, you know? So I, now don't get me wrong. I do feel like I'm held to a higher regard and a higher standard of, um, it's nothing you can't do, you know, it's not like, you know, or you got to do it because we know you can, or you've done this much, you know, so keep going, keep doing this. And so it's like, but that even then that's their, there's, that's their, um, perception idea of motivation. You know, it's like, it's their, it's them seeing your potential and knowing what it is that you can do. And just saying like, there's nothing that you can't, you know? And so it may be a little harder, but this is the road that was paved out for you. So them feeling, I, I feel like feeling as if, they it was more of an isolation on that end was about how it may it may have made you know you feel internally you get what i'm saying because then on a, on another hand it is this the imposter syndrome of am i really qualified to do this work you know am am i really who i know i am but deep down it's like i see what this person is doing or how they heard hold this other person to a higher regard, or they may be a little bit further than me. You know, um, it seems like they know what they're doing a little bit better than I do. No, it's just about you understanding and having the confidence, the confidence of in, like in yourself and in your ability of saying like, this is why I'm here. 
I'm here because God put me here. You know, he ordered my steps. If I wasn't supposed to be here, I wouldn't be. But we all go through that. That's a natural thing of, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not doing, you know, the best that I can do or somebody going, somebody doing it better than me. That's, of course, somebody doing it better than you, you know, but we don't know their walk. They may have been doing it their idea and they may have started their groundwork a little bit before us, or they may have had more resources that put them, you know, ahead easier or faster or what have you. Everybody's, uh, you know, walk is a little bit different, but yes, I definitely went through the whole identity, um, you know, crisis or the imposter syndrome. And that's why I was saying like, when I got to U of M, it was like a, it was separation anxiety. It was, um, cause I'm, you know, how, how I am with our, my family. And so it was just like, I dang, I don't get to see them every day. That was big for me. And then it's like our family, you, you don't got to pull us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, our family. <laughs> and so, you know, and then understanding that the, just how things work, you know, and, and at these PWIs and just like, oh, I don't fit in. Like. I could raise, like, I remember I'm raising my hand and they would call on every other person but me because I'm black. And it was just like, well, dang, do I not know what I'm talking about? Like, do I not know the answer? Um, and I had a situation where that actually happened. I raised my hand and I got called on and I answered the, you know, the question. And she gave me like pushback and said my answer wasn't correct. And then somebody else answered it. And it was basically exactly the same thing that I said, just in a different way. And so after class, I went up to the professor and I said, hey, what was wrong with my answer? Because so-and-so answered it and they pretty, it was on the same level. And she said, well, I just wanted to you wanted you to use different verbiage. I said, well, why not say that? Well, why why not say, well, yeah, you're all right on the line. Why should you have to change your verbiage? I, I don't understand why, what was wrong with your verbiage. And that, you get what I'm saying? So it was, it's situations like that where it shapes your subconscious. And we know that your subconscious shapes the way that you actually think and how you operate and whatnot. And so um, back in the those things, those situations may not be always in your forefront, but they shape how you how you think about yourself and, and how you interact with others. And so that's where imposter syndrome come from. I may not now, you know, and it didn't take me until I... Do, you know, did a little introspection or whatnot, but I would sit there and I'd be like, dang. And they'd be like, well, you'll never raise your hand in class in the, you know, in my master's program. And I was like, dang, I sure don't. But it was the situation of, I felt you embarrassed me when I raised my hand the last time. So now I don't want to raise my hand no more. You know, so um, we go through those. I think that that's all a part of, like becoming greater because you're going to have people that are set along your journey to kind of like try to hinder you. Um, but it's up to you to get past that. So when I went to Wayne State, um, I had a teacher and I can't think of his first name right now, but I know his name was Dr. Duncan. I'll never forget Dr. Duncan mm -hmm. because, um, part of my job was to work in housing and I was like a front desk manager at one of the apartments that Dr. Duncan um, lived in. And so knowing what he taught, he, he taught like African-American literature and he uh, introduced me to a lot of beautiful books that I don't know that I would have ever got a chance to read. Um, I actually still actually have the textbook from his class, but 
I guess for me, because he knew me from working at the front desk and um, I think, you know, at the time at Wayne State, I think the professors had it to where they can pull the grades and stuff like that. And so I, I remember taking Dr. Duncan's class because at one point in time, I wanted to minor in African-American literature um, or just artwork. Mm -hmm. and if you know me, you know that's something I've always been passionate about. You know me, you know I, I write poems, mm -hmm. you know me, you know I paint. But yesterday I was sitting here doing waist beads. So anything artistic of that form when it comes to music, artwork, any of that, it's just a love that I have. And so I was really excited to take his um, class. I will never forget that I wrote a paper in Dr. Duncan's class and it was like a 10 page paper. And I want to say I wrote like maybe 20 pages because that's back then I would write until it felt good to me. So I would write and write and write until it felt good to me. And I will never forget Dr. Duncan gave me this paper and he literally gave me a <laughs> on a 20 page paper. Mind you, it's only required to be a 10 page, but I wrote about what I was passionate about. And do you know what he wrote on my paper? He told me that I wrote how I spoke and I had to write to the standard of, what did he say? Uh -huh. <laughs> it just, basically he called me ghetto so much. He called my, my body of work ghetto. Yeah. He told me that. I, yeah. I could have went out of my way because when me and him speak, we we spoke on that level where we were using those words, right? We were using our we were using our words, but I guess when I because of the the I think we were writing about like raising in the sun or something, or maybe it was the souls of black folks. I can't remember what I was writing about exactly, or it could have been Richard Wright's um, black is it black boy is that the name of that book? I can't even think of the name of the book right now, but. It could have been, mm -hmm. it was to something of one of those that I've always, like one of those stories I've always been passionate about that tells the black story. So then I told it from yeah. my perspective in the which of the way that I was raised. And so he didn't like that. And so he literally mm -hmm. made me rewrite the paper. And he told me that because I decided to write a 20 page paper, he didn't expect anything less when I had to resubmit the paper. And it put me in a bad space because mm. at first it kind of made me depressed because one, you look like me, right? Why are you judging me on how I wrote this paper? It wasn't that it was a bad paper. You just didn't like the vernacular that I used in the paper. But why am I being... And that's the thing when... No, go but ahead. I'm sorry. Why am I being ridiculed for giving technically an A paper, but you wanted an A plus paper? Yeah, and so that's and that's the that's the thing when it comes to that. Like in college, I had to learn um, black or not. They want an academic paper. They want you to use. They want you to back then it was MLA. They want you to use MLA formatting. Um, it's in terms of punctuation and and uh, in text citations and, and whatnot. And so. If you like when it comes to school, like that school world, you have to conform. You know, you got to conform to get the, the grades. And it's like, it sucks. And yes, and not everybody talks the same way, you know, so, but they want that standard. You got to write in standard English. You know, you got to use Times New Roman 12, 12 font with one inch margins, you know, or what have you. Like, that's it's the the educational standard of it all is in how they make us write. And so it's like, 
do yeah like yes you want me to write this way and yes this is how this you know this foundation of the school you know how go but we, we know that everything goes back to white supremacy everything so this is how the old white man say that we got to write our papers this is how they did it back in the day before they start letting black people in school so it's like now that y'all here this is how every everybody has to follow this standard and it sucks because it's like but not everybody talks y'all like y'all you mean to tell me i can't write y'all because it's not in a dictionary you know, but it is because it's you all. It's a but contraction. He, you get what I'm saying? So it's just like for him, it was more so confused versus discombobulated or mean spirited versus uh kamaji or um it was no. more so like uh <laughs> ignorant versus belligerent. You know what I'm saying? It was it was those little things. Like you speak to me in this manner. Like so, when you're speaking to me, you're using these words. Why you didn't write with these words? Well, I I feel like spelling it today. I feel like spelling it today. But that's or those are still words. You just wanted me to use different synonyms. And but I get what you're saying. Yeah, same thing, same type of issue when it came to me raising my hand and answering that question. So yeah. So yeah. I found an interesting um, article, and um, we're gonna go ahead and jump into the episode here. Um, in case you guys have not caught on by now, um, we are going to talk about mental health and education and. Um, I found a really interesting article, and it says, how does um, education affect mental health? Um, it was uh, written by uh, Dr. Nicola Williams. Uh, she has a PhD, apparently. Um, and the article starts off with this. Higher levels of education have been associated with better mental health. Casual relationships are notoriously difficult to establish and are generally malfunctional. Nevertheless, education has been shown to be one of the clearest indicators of life outcomes, such as employment, income, and social status. It is thus a strong predictor for improved health and well-being. So I'm going to pause. Okay. Wait. <laughs> so I, I want to have you read that one more because I feel like I need to understand exactly what it is that she's saying. So you said strong mental health is an indicator of the of good academic ability. According to her, higher levels of education okay. have been associated with better mental health. Casual relationships. I don't disagree. Well, yeah, okay. We, I don't we disagree. It. That's it. That's all. We can pause it right there. Yeah. <laughs> like this, I want to. I, I want to start here. We can address the. I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And the reason why I say that is because, um, no, now don't get me wrong. You can, you can be successful and you can be, um, you can have a good, good grades, right? Um, no matter what your mental status is, but it's all about your ability to push through if you're having a hard time. Um, okay, I'll speak from my own personal experience. You know that I'm, I'm in school. I'm working on my second master's. And right now I am having the hardest time in this, in this program. And it's not about my, the, 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 
content being too hard, it's about my mental health currently. I don't want to do it. I'm sick of being in school. Um, it's the summertime. I got other things that I'm trying to focus on. I'm, I want to be, you know, I want to work on my business full time and, you know, what have you. Everything that's going on outside has is affecting my my motivation to do what I need to do in this in this program. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm getting all I, I, right now. I got all A's. Right. I, it is. I'm doing exactly what I can do, but. My, my assignments are late. You know, I'm, I'm asking for extensions. I'm reaching out to the services of students with this, for, you know, services for students with disabilities office and seeing if I can get accommodations or what have you, all that I can do to make sure that I am successful in the, in the program. But as I, and when I talk to my counterparts, and they're like, yeah, this was a breeze. This was good. And I'm like, oh, well, is there anything that you're, you know, like that you may be going on that may be affecting you outside of it? And our walks are totally different. And so not to say that it cannot be done, but better performance is linked to a better mental health. And that's a statistical. So then I have a question. Um, most students that have. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. I'm going to pause my question. No, I was going to say most with with children nowadays, and I was actually saying that um, I have to. I'm actually going to look it up, but I just posted on. You know what? I got the actual statistical facts, and while I'm while I'm looking it up, but we know that depression and anxiety um, affects the grade your grades in the classroom, um, especially for children that are dealing with it. Let me look it up right now. There we go. Um, 20% of people with learning disabilities suffer from depression. And that's, that's a big, that's a big thing. And then let's, then don't let, let's even get into trauma and how trauma rewires the brain. And so if you going through something and then you, now you got to show up and do your, your absolute best in the classroom, we know your mind ain't there. So if you have a better mental, if you're, if you have a better mental um, mind like mindset. If you have a better mental stability, it'll make the things that you're trying to do a little easier to accomplish. And we know that. So, um, I guess for me, with this article, um, since mm -hmm. we we paused it right there at that that very first sentence, um, higher mm -hmm. levels of education has been associated with better mental health, but I graduated and fell into depression. Like me, I, I, I graduated. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about with my bachelor's degree, with my second master's that I mm -hmm. just got. I fell into depression. Mm -hmm. And um, not only did I fall into to depression, but I was speaking with um, someone who went through the whole program with me, right? And I just remember that person texting mm -hmm. me late one night, like, yo, like, this isn't that. Like, this, is, this isn't that for me. Like, and it, but for them, I could understand why, because their whole career was built on something else, right? And so now they're at the mental, mental capacity mm -hmm. of, I don't want to do this. Like, and it had nothing to do with the degree. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, it had a lot to do with the degree, but it also had with other decisions that they were making. Like, I don't want to do this. And it's not even that they don't want to do it. Like, they physically body their body was physically tired to where they couldn't do it and they hit a bout of depression mm -hmm. and it's just like which is where we related was yet here i go with another degree as a person living in this society in this world which was something else that was very interesting to me about um the article was um the last line that says um you know you have a it's the clearest indicator for life, out, life outcomes such as employment, income, and social status. And then it made that for me. Wait, wait, wait. Can you can you clarify a little bit? So, what was the last sentence saying? She so because I you know I didn't read the article, so I'm trying to under like understand it. You were saying that she's saying so she said better higher education. Higher education has, to be, has shown to be one of the clearest indicator of life outcome, such as employment, income, and social status. And I beg to differ, who was this article written, written for? Because was it written for me and you? Or was right. it written for, like, I would like to know where she got her statistics from to write this article because one thing that I noticed is the more education that I have, the more hindrance that I find when it comes to employment income. My social status is my social status, right? Um, that's why I created my own platform mm -hmm. to elevate myself into my own purpose, right? Which is probably why you created Logan's Lab was to elevate into your own purpose because you found that there was a lack of the things that we needed for our people just in general, right? But you still have um, statistically black people being paid less than their white or Hispanic or Asian counterparts, right? Or any of those other counterparts. Mm -hmm. And then don't let you be a woman, you know, then you have to, hey, I'm, I'm fighting a stigma right. in the office where I work at of being the, the educated black woman. Right. And if you know me, like, if you yeah. know me, right, whether you know Alina or you know Suge or whatever you want to know me as, right, you know that I am very far right. from it. Now, do I have an attitude? Yes, but who doesn't, right? Um, can I, right. can my words chop somebody's head off, whether it be ebonically or formatively taught how to speak? Yes, I can. But... What led to me cutting into you like that, right? Because that wasn't something that I just woke up today and decided that I'm going to go into office and have an attitude with everybody, right? And the moment that I walk in and don't say good morning, I got to get called in the office. But one of the leads who's on the same level as me, but a different color of me, I could walk in every morning and say good morning to her and she don't speak back. And then when I voice my opinions about her, her lack of, Cause it's not respect. What is it called? Just um, common courtesy, manners. Her lack manners. of manners. Mm -hmm. I'm told, oh well, maybe she's having a bad day. But the moment I walk in the office and I don't speak to her, I get called in the office to say that she feels that I have an attitude or something towards her. And then in the meetings, they tell me that I have to fix my face yeah. because how I'm sitting here looking at you, just sitting here, 
this is my face, I'm told that this facial expression is attitude to them. But this is, I'm a, I'm a relax, but this is my face. So what am right. I change about this? Yeah, and I, and I think that, I think that when it comes to, to, to the, the, the point that she, she was trying to make, all of that is subjective. You know, like, yes, there are statistics that show that um, higher education does lead to more, you know, opportunities of employment or whatever, but it all depends on the field that you're going into. Um, I can't say that I will be where I'm at financially and, you know, what have you without it. But at the same time, that's also because of what I'm going into. The field that I'm going into, I needed that higher education so that I could get the, the you know, the, the pay that I, I get. So don't get me wrong. I can go and be a youth counselor, which is still working with children and working with them, you know, uh, on their social emotional skills and their learning and or whatnot and the behavior. But I would be getting paid what seventeen to twenty dollars an hour, if that. You know, some youth counselors, you you could be lucky if you make fifteen dollars. But if I didn't go and get this master's in clinical psychology, or I'm getting this master's in school psychology, I wouldn't be making upwards of what it is that I'm making. So I get what she's saying to a certain extent. However, we do as as black people, we gonna get the shorter end of the stick, no matter what we do. So that's and that's just that's just how society was created. No, they don't want to see us win. Should we still struggle with our own trying to wanting to see us win? You know, when they get up to a certain uh, a certain level of of a certain financial status or a certain social status, we have to make sure that we stay humble enough to pull those that are still trying to get there up. But without, without the degrees, the higher, like it does afford more of a um, ability. But like, yeah, like we said, it's, you're going to be, it's going to, they're going to hold us back, try to, or try to, and I'm not, they're not going to hold us back. They, they, but they're going to try to regardless. So yes, they're going to pay the black, black person a little less and they're going to play the black woman a little less. They, you know, like that's just because that's a double minority. But, you know, it's, I, I, I get what she's saying to a certain extent. I don't know who she is or what color she is or what have you, but yeah, you will get afforded a, a different, um, different employment opportunities or, or whatnot. I, like right now, I have people, districts calling me to come and work as their school psychologist. I can't officially work as their school psychologist yet because I don't have the certification. I have the experience as working as one, but I don't have the certification to do so. But once I finish this program, I can go and because there's such a high demand for school psychologists, I can go to any district that I want and demand the money that I am worth um, just because one, it's a supply and demand. I'm here to supply and fill the void that you that you need to be filled, what you're willing to do for it, what you're willing to pay for it. But I can't do that right now 
because I don't have a degree in it. Do you think I, I understand? Yep, you I get what exactly I'm saying. What you're saying. So when you have had to go work from an, an employer, um, do you feel like you've had to tone down your education and your blackness all in one? No, not my education, my blackness for sure. Um, they don't they they don't want me to tone tone down my education. They 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 want to hear that. Um, they want that to outshine, but they hate who it's coming from. They hate that that I I might know a little bit more than them, you know. So, um, but you know what? I get what you. I get that question. That question. Um, it depends on the setting, because if I come into a room as the black educated girl, um, and I'm with uh, white counterparts, and we're talking, and you you make a point, but I make a point to negate what it is that you're saying because I know a little more than you do. Now I'm looked at because it's like, who are you and what do you know? You know, or what have you. Like, how dare you speak and, um, you know, go against what it is that I'm saying. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes, there there are instances where they say, tone it down, black girl, you know, or what have you. But I think that's when I'm, I'm, that, I'm that person that, that that gives me the information. That that put fire under my butt. Oh, you want me to tone so it down? Now uh, I'm a little bit harder. And I, and I want to make sure I'm quoting you correctly. You're going to be a psychiatrist, correct? Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to, school to be a school okay, psychologist. I want to make sure that I'm... So from that perspective of a psychologist, right? Giving everything that... Mm-hmm. To me as a Black woman, what, what advice would you give me to mm-hmm. remind myself that I don't have to adjust myself? And I don't know if that makes sense of what I'm saying, but, and I can give a better example of it if you need me to. Um, so I, do you want me to talk? I can't advise from well, no, a clinical standpoint. Well, no, talk to me as if I'm your sister. Talk to me I as if get... we on the phone and I'm, and I'm venting oh, okay. to you about yeah. my day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Here's here's the thing. You are set out to do something bigger, right? Like you if you if you didn't feel like it was a greater purpose of bigger than you or you know like there's a there's an end goal for you. What are you want like at what cost are you willing to stop to get to get to your goal? That's the question I have. Like what what is it what is there anything that can stop you from reaching Nothing your Nothing but myself, goal? just my own mental plan on my own mental. So my own psyche exactly. on itself. Exactly. Exactly. Nothing can stop you but you. I don't care if they said I'm stripping your degrees away. I don't care if they said that you are unworthy. Um, you don't know what you're doing or what have you, those are all things that can stop you mentally if you let it. You can let it play on your mental. You can say, oh, they told me I can, but, oh, no, 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 because then I'm, I'm smart enough to research and, and I can find out that they can't do that. Under what pretenses are you doing this? Like, you, you know how to fight for yourself. You know what it is that you need to do to get to your goal. Nothing can stop you but you. 
And so um, for those that are that are going to try to hold you back, um, would it do you any good to show them that they can't? Can you look at it from a standpoint of I can show you better than I can tell you? Or you don't even have to make it about nobody but yourself. I want this. I'm worthy of this. I don't, I, I need this for myself. And so if that's what you need for yourself, that's that's what you do. The the Bible verse says the the race is not given to the swift, but to those that are that endure to the end. So it don't have it's not about who got there first. It's about those that are persistent enough to get to where you need to be at the end of the day. So can you put one foot in front of the other? Can you take a half a step this day? Yes, the one the day before yesterday, I had such low energy. I couldn't do no homework. I didn't want to be around nobody. I wanted a, a you know affection and I wanted to laugh and enjoy my friends, but I didn't have the my attitude was so piss poor that I just was like, I'm not going to give and rub off on the energy. And it took me to say, well, what's wrong with you today? Maybe today is just not the day to, to go do that. Maybe today is the day where you love on yourself and just recharge your battery. I didn't, I might not have got my to-do list accomplished that day, but I said, you know what, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this day and this time to myself and tomorrow we're going to go a little bit harder. Allowing yourself to have that, um, that mental space to regroup, to love on yourself, to understand that you are a human and not everything is going to go your way. Um, but there, there you will, you know, continue to succeed if you keep trying. Um, all of those things you have to, that's the main thing you have to do is love on yourself if nobody else is going to do it for you. And that is the best what's going to continue motivate your the your your fire might go out sometimes, but it's up to you to re, you know to ignite that reignite it. So um, that that's that's the advice that I, I would give to my sister. That's the advice that I would give to any other black woman. Um, you the you the bomb dot com and can't nobody tell you shit different. And. The only person that can tell you that different is you. So do you think that the reason why um, when it comes to this education and mental health is that mentally we have been taught more to think in a negative sense than a positive sense when it just comes to education? Um. When do you say, what do you mean by we, so, what do you mean? Like we've been taught to think negative, negative, negative about like, like we never exactly. see the positive of the reason. Like, so I'm at this place in my life, right. Where, um, I don't see the negative in a lot of situations anymore. I see a purpose in God's doing it for me and it don't necessarily have to be negative. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like, um, mm -hmm. Say you um say you're you wake up right and you get ready to go outside and start your car and for whatever mm -hmm. reason the car don't start right and you automatically start thinking like why is my day starting mm -hmm. like this right like why is this car not working you know what is it right. like you know like what is it what's wrong what's wrong excuse me what's wrong with me like what's wrong with it like you think of the negative right 
But I guess I started seeing the positive right. in it. Like maybe it was mm-hmm. God's purpose for that car not to start, right? Because I could have easily drove out the parking lot and got into a car accident, yeah. or that could have been the last drive that I took for for mm-hmm. my life. You know what I'm saying? So I started finding positive in the reason of in the simple things of the car not starting, or even when it comes to me feeling like I'm educated and I know that I'm qualified for positions that I get looked over, I start feeling like it was all in God's plan for me to be looked over for those things instead of internalizing what exactly I didn't do or could have done better. I just look at it as it was all in God's purpose and plan for that not to be, it just wasn't for me. But you also, so yes, you, uh, to answer your question, I do think that is about being taught to think differently because you've, you've gone to therapy, right? Yes. So, okay. Same, same here. Um, a person that does not, that cannot see the joy and the beauty in certain things, um, has not been, has not been afforded the ability or the the knowledge on how to do so. Um, and I was actually just having a conversation with a male friend of mine. Um, I said it's it's all about perspective. If you don't if you don't try to look at things a little bit differently, um, and try to think of, of, of things in a in a different light, then you'll always just see this darkness. And so um, yes, it can all be, but what if, what if in terms of, uh, negative outcomes, but what about the, the optimistic, you know, mindset? What about the, okay, it could go that way, but it can also go another way, you know? So it's about training your thought process, um, to see the other side. And so, and that helps in what, you know, may not necessarily change how you feel, but, for me, it does. You know, I can sit here and say, and I can self-sabotage something that's going right all day by thinking what can go wrong, or I can appreciate the fact that it's going right and what is it can I, that I can do to stay on this track of, you know, continuing the the the, the positive of it. Um, so, yeah, I do think that that's something that has to be taught. It can, it doesn't have to be. Um, but if you don't know Correct. any better, how so can you do that? I'm better? one of those people who do uh, believe that a, a healthy mental health starts um, in the early development stages. Um, for our community, you know, we, we mm-hmm. always have been taught you do as you told and or whatever the quote is that they used to tell us or whatever. Um, so do you mm-hmm. think that a lot of kids' mental health um, or some adults' mental health, the way that it is now, is um, stemming from childhood um, underlying traumas that they didn't uh, get worked out. So, what I mean by this is, I'm a believer that most definitely college is not for everybody. I know right? exactly what you mean. But you have kids who have literally been mm-hmm. forced to go to college. Not only did they not succeed, um because it's not that they couldn't succeed. It just, it wasn't what they wanted to do. So they were trying to be people pleasers, I guess. And um, in college, I just remember one of my friends hitting a bottle of depression because 
even though they were a 4.0 student in college and they were, you know, acing everything that they could in college, just college wasn't a good space for them. And it led to them um, attempting suicide. Um, the, and when I say attempt, that means that they're still here. Mm -hmm. But it's just amazing to me that education is supposed to lead mm -hmm. to a higher, better of a mental health. But for this person, education was almost like killing them. So as a community. And no, 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 go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I don't think that education is supposed to lead to a higher mental health, because if you're not, if you don't have a good mental um, if you're not, no, nothing can, nothing can band-aid your mental health if you're not doing the work. So getting these higher degrees and all of that type of stuff, that's not going to change the, the problems that you actually have. Um, and so I think that, and a lot of times people do that and that's why they say oh money that's where the the concept of money can't buy happiness comes from because money can make you feel good yes money can pay your bills and money can um you know stop the stress of of poverty and you know uh you know what have you and money can generate generational wealth for your family and friends da, 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 but it's not going to change the things that you went through so in terms of childhood trauma yes um, it's not going to show money. is not going to show the little boy that was molested when he was younger. It's not going to change the fact of what happened. That's some healing that and some inner work that he's going to have to do. Um, money is, or what have you, or anything, nothing is going to really change what has happened unless you do the work to heal from it. So yes, I do think that a, a lot of how, we are, and I won't say a lot, yes, I will say the, actually the bulk and the basis and the core of who we are is stems from our developmental periods. And um, and it's, it's about how we were taught to, to, to communicate as adults, um, how we were, how we express emotion, um, how we, um, how we accept love, you know, or all of those things have a lot to do with what we were shown. And so if I'm a child that has always been told to sit down, be quiet, don't ask any questions, don't what have you, I might be, when I get a little bit older, I might be a people pleaser, right? Because no, I don't know how to speak up for myself and I have a hard time setting boundaries because I don't know how to express myself because I never was afforded the ability to. You get what I'm saying? So, though, yes, I do think that a lot of who we are now is of who we were as children. It just shows up differently. So in our community, in why adulthood. do you think education is pushed more so over mental health? Because it's that it's, education has been pushed since slavery. Education has been that's been a thing. You got to go and you got to learn how to read and you got to learn how to write because um, this is what you have to do in this world. This is what you, you gotta you gotta know that at least the basics 
you got to be, you know, academically successful to, and you know, you don't, ain't nobody saying you might, you got to go get a higher degree, but if you, you got, you at least got to know how to do this, you know, um, and if you are pushed to go and go to college or what have you, that's the American way, you know, this is a, that's, that's what was shaped, not just for black people. That's a systematic thing. Everything is towards college and the funding and what have you. That's why everything nowadays requires a degree. We have to, you got to go to school and you got to go and get at least have this basic, you got to have at least a high school diploma or a GED at minimum to be, to qualify for a job. And then you also got to go and do this and this, you know, what have you, those, those, what that it's all a part of a system. And that's where systematic oppression, you know, oppression comes from and all, you know, all of those different things It's about how life is. So it doesn't necessarily even have to, it's not even a black thing. It's a American thing. So when it comes to mental education, when it comes to mental, your mental and education, what does those things mean to Desiree? So what is what does uh, say that one more time? What does mental, what does mental and education mean to you? Like, what does it mean to you? Like, where do where do you stand with it? Um, in terms but, of yeah. the your own pursue mental education. health and trying to pursue and trying mm -hmm. to be academic success, like successful. Um. Let me see how I, I'm because I'm still trying to, I guess, trying to understand the, the question. So having a, are you saying like the a person's mental so state? For you, how does that, when it, when how is that in education, education or how do you feel about, so when, okay, I'll pose the question this way. How do you feel about education? And then how do you feel about mental health? Like just you, like just Um, so because I work with children and I guess I'll talk a little bit, um, about why, why I do what I do and maybe that can help like answer the question. Um, working in these schools, in these, um, low social economics, you know, communities, they, these children are going through a lot. Um, COVID has, you know, kind of like put us, set us back big, big time, right? So we got these kids that uh, are lacking the social skills. And so they're, or how, like emotional skills at that. So they not coming to school with the ability to, for, of conflict resolution, or they have done, they've lost so many people to the pandemic or just to life in general. They are, they done seen people get killed or hearing about people being shot. They are struggling to find food to eat and providing for multiple, um, you know, siblings or trying to help the struggling parent that, you know, or it's so much that we deal with in our community, right? And then they come to school and are forced to act, that, act you know, be on their best behavior. They are expected to grasp the concepts in a certain time frame because teachers are the core, you know, 
the core standard tells us that we have this amount of weeks to focus on this before we move on. Um, economic educational standards are one thing. We know that the Department of Education is some bullshit. And I'm going to say that and I'm going to say it a time and time again. Um, <laughs> they going to shut me down. But I say I stand with it. They 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 not for these. No, I'm I'm saying you know how you know how they they say the people gonna come for me, <laughs> but I because I, I I talk so much um and raise so much hell when it comes to how things are in place for uh, American students, but that's neither here nor there. Um, our black children, or you know, black and brown children that are in these communities, are forced to go to school and uphold this standard. And if you have teachers that are not trauma informed and understand what these children are going through in these communities, which they are not, um, then you have this, oh, this child is just slow. They are lacking the, the academic ability because they have a learning disability. Where I just told you that 20% of students with a learning disability suffer from depression. That's not even talking about the children that have ADHD. Um, or the children that are overdiagnosed with ADHD, but when they really are just, um, they're hyperactive due to anxiety because they worried about if their parents gonna be safe and you know healthy and or you know they have so much on them. And so if you don't work with these children to understand them and to provide resources and to understand that they may have a different learning style, maybe I might learn better with repetition than I do with um, and learning hands-on than I do just being told something. Maybe if I sit there and I'm applying it and I have something, um, a visual representation that that helps me understand how to grasp the, the phonemes and the graphemes and, you know, whatnot. It's so much that goes into understanding what can help a child be, do their best academically. And that comes with understanding who they are. Mental health is not just about a disability. Your mental is your is cognitive brain, the way that your brain works, the, the, the way that it operates. And so if you take the way that if you take the fact that everybody have, you know, can have a different cognitive makeup. And then you also take into account that they might be going whatever that they're going through um, in their life. And so. You know, we know that trauma even, re, like I said, rewires the brain. So then you have how they were born and then you have what they're going through that's affecting how they are mentally. And then you have what they're being taught environmentally, you know, through social media or what have you. You have all of these things wrapped into this little child that is a sponge. And then you want them to come and learn this way because this is the way that society or no excuse me this is the way that they're supposed to learn by the uh, national ec educational standards of course you might get some that's going to fall through the cracks and they're not going to understand what it is and they may not meet these standard scores and you know they may not pass these uh standardized tests or what have you because they learn differently and because they're how they what they learn they may get to a, a solution different than you, but you're going to grade it wrong because they didn't do it how you taught them to. So I work with, that's why I do what I do. That's why I go and I do the private tutoring because where 
in class, they might be teaching you how to do it on this standard because the book tells you that this is the way that you have to learn. But I'm coming to you and I'm understanding you and I'm getting to know who you are. And now I'm creating these individualized lessons plan, lesson plans based on what they're saying that you're failing in or what your deficits are. And so then I'm teaching you in the way that I know that you learn and what fuels you and what gain, like what helps you. And then you're taking what you've learned. And I'm also teaching you how you uh, you learn with what it is that they're telling you have you have the way that you have to learn it, mixing it together. Now you're going into school and you have different different ways to come up with a solution, different way. Now your your confidence is at a at a different level because now you're seeing the fact that you have the, the ability. It just may be a different way, but you have the ability to grasp the concept. It just may be a little bit slower or it may be in a different fashion. And so you're going into the classroom and you're taking what you've learned and with me or with my tutors and applying it in the classroom. And now you're seeing academic success. And now you're growing and you're growing and your test scores may look a little bit different and you might be getting better grades or what have you. It's all about understanding. But in the grand scheme of things and of things in the way that our society is is shaped. They don't have time to work on these children on an individual level because they got 30 other kids in their classroom. You get what I'm saying? And or they haven't had the, the proper training. Nowadays, you don't even have to have an education certification or, you know, a degree in this to even teach. At minimum, all you have to do is have a high school diploma or a GED and a sub permit. And now you a long term teacher. But you ain't had no no type of training on um how to diffuse no conflict resolution. You ain't had to deal with, you're not trauma informed. You don't even know the basic skills of how to create a lesson plan. They just telling you to go into this classroom and we gonna help you and make it work. Of course, you're gonna see children failing or what what have you because the system was is, is faulty anyway. So yes, I do. That's what, that's where I think, that's how I, I operate when in terms of the mental health and the education, because if you're not catering to this and providing the resources and understanding that everybody is designed differently and everybody go through different shit and you got them coming into this classroom and they got to go by by your rules and your standards. No, it's not going to always come out to be, oh, this child is going to get an A plus. Now you got to deal with the fact that this child is having a hard time, but you just want to diagnose them and tell them that they got a learning disability. You ain't even took the time out to understand them. So, yeah, that's why I do what I do. Uh, It's interesting that you brought that up as a fact of the point of the lesson plans and um, the requirements that it takes to be a teacher. Because um, although my last episode was about um, how do we unite as a black community, one of the standpoints that I didn't get to touch on was the education factor of it. And one of the reasons that they said that black men in general have a hard time in just anything when it comes to education outside of mental health is nobody at the front of the classroom looks like them. And the article that I was reading says how it plays on the black man's mentality because one, when they go to school, all you see is more women teachers than you do male teachers. And then two, most males starting from a younger age 
especially if the father is in the home, it's taught more so that the, the father is the head and all of the discipline comes from that. And then sometimes the mother is the, you know, the passive one, you know, she's not gonna whoop you like, or I don't wanna say whoop because that's from our generation, right? Cause now we do in gentle parents and at least, although I'm not a parent, I'm learning what that is. Yeah. I know what you mean, just the, the discipline of it. And so that's why you find more. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to just say it to black men because I don't want to keep making it seem like black men, are, they, like they, they're the only ones that have this issue. But the truth is you don't see a lot of black male teachers in front of the classroom. And then it's going to make certain students more rebellious. I don't even know if that's the word that I'm, or defiant is the word that I'm looking for because it's a woman in front of the class and not a male. And so um, it's just interesting that you were saying that it is where you don't have the, the plans, but not only do you not have the, the academic plans there, you sometimes don't have the person in the front of the classroom that that child can relate to just on a, on a certain level either which can play on a child's mental as well. Yeah. Representation, we know that representation matters. That's the thing. And so if you are not, um, if you can't show, you know, like black, black men or whatever, they feel like you, if you get money, it has to be through sports you know, or through being a rapper or like some type of entertainer or what have you. Um, and then you, nowadays we're seeing that that's different. You know, black people in tech, you know, are, is a, is a thing you're seeing black lawyers, you're seeing like there, there are different, um, avenues that people can take to be successful. Um, you can capitalize off of your, um, your, your talent. You know what's your gifts? That's that's what I you know that's what I've been doing. Not you know, and I'm not saying capitalize in a sense of, um, you know, capitalism. But at the same, I'm saying that I can. I'm taking what what is easy to me, and what I'm passionate about, and what I love, and doesn't feel like work, and using that to create an avenue and getting profit from it. Um, and I'm, and it's twofold because the, I'm, provi I'm providing a service that's needed in our, in our community, like, like getting your hair done. Some, everybody needs their hair to get done, but you're going to pay for that service. This person might need a little bit extra, you know, uh, and, uh, when it comes to their academics or what have you, and they know that I'm going to be able to render results just because of the time that I've taken, how meticulous I am about creating this lesson plan that's going to help you based on your your learning style. That's worth paying for, you know? And so, um, yes, I, I just, I think that is, you know, representation matters and we need more. We need more Black men in, in front of the classroom, for sure. I just lost the article. Uh... No, you're fine. I'm gonna have to wrap up soon anyway, cause of Logan. I gotta go grab my baby from uh, just um, from uh, summer camp. We can, um, 
we can go ahead and exit. So recently in New York, 2018, um, they're the first state to recognize that mental health education um, for, for all students, their overall mission is to promote healthy social, emotional, and behavioral developments of students and break down barriers to learning so that the general well-being of students, family, and school staff can be enhanced in collaboration with other comprehensive student support and services. Um, is that something towards what Logan Learning Lab is kind of like uh, providing that um, that behavioral development for students? Yes, so we also we offer um, reading, writing, we offer um, science, you know, math, and then we also offer social emotional uh, learning. And so what, you know, the building skills, building on those skills, um, I actually created a curriculum that is designed for, you know, helping social emotional uh, learning. But ultimately, yes, that's exactly what we do. We take, you know, we help with those behavioral skills, um, with my mental health background, you know, working through that, creating a safe space for the child to just be who they are with no judgment. It is all of, I tell all the parents that my learning is fun-based. So if we got to learn, if I, this child got to grasp the concept through a TikTok, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my old self up and I'm going to do a TikTok with that child to make sure that they understand exactly what it is that they need to, you know, whatever. If we got to uh, come up with a 16 count for you to understand how to do long division, that's what we going to do. Um, that's that's exactly what, I, what I'm, uh, you know, what the, the business is about. And then my nonprofit is called Project SEAMS. And SEAMS stands for Supporting Education and Mental Stability. And what we do, the, the, the goal is to um, be able to grasp the funding so I can, you know, um, give resources to the community that they're lacking. So speech, speech you know, therapy, um, OT, which is occupational therapy, if we got to do physical therapy and uh, that, you know, what all of those things that we that that's going to take into account of in the classroom. We know that fine motor skill, skills have something to do with your, the, the OT or what have you. So if we got to learn how to put string a bead, you know, um, in and thread a needle or what have you, if that's going to help increase your handwriting, those are the things that we're going to do. And so my the nonprofit is going to be able to um, fund um, what Logan's Learning Lab to be able to get our tutors to help those that may not be able to, you know, afford the services or what have you. Um, it's, uh, it's all full circle. So yes, I want to be able to have group therapy and offer individual therapy, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's going to be a whole wellness center. You know, and so right now I'm just doing the groundwork, the footwork that it's going to take to get there. So every everything, every big vision starts off small. And so right now we, we, we're we laying the foundation. Everything is set. The, the nonprofit is already 501c3 recognized. And it's just about building and getting what it was needed to receive the funding. So that way we can bring more people on board and get be able to um get these activity books that I'm working and, you know, that I'm, that I'm creating, get those out into the schools and, you know, what have you, everything is laid. And now it's just about 
the the getting the team, having getting people on board with the same passion and the same vision to see it through. Because at the end of it's gonna happen. Ain't nothing, not a man, nothing gonna stop. You know, stop what God has given me in the in my passion and what I have to give. And so, um, if it's up, to, if I if I only got five five kids, that's a proud part of not Logan's Learning Lab and Project Seams. That's five lives that have been changed. So when they grow up, they can go and give back to and and lay the same foundation that that was laid for me. And so that's 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 exactly what's gonna happen. We, yes, education, behavior, um, emotion, um, mental health, um, all of that. It's it's coming. It's it's already it's in the works. It's already being done. It's just a matter of getting getting it to where I feel like we are. So my last question and is: destined How be. how do we find Logan's Learning Lab, and how do we find or donate? Mm -hmm. To themes, you said themes. Project themes. Project themes. Yes. So project themes is yeah. Project themes is just that on social media, all platforms. Um, P R O J E C T S E A M S. Logan's Learning Lab is um on all is on all low, uh, platforms i can't even get it out at logan's learning lab um project seems has a website dot org we're building on that logan's learning lab.com um if you want to find me i am desiree bailey um however all the all the the everything else is out there if you got any questions send me an email admin at loganslearninglab.com that i'm so proud um, and we're gonna get it going that you are doing um i definitely know that you are going to go very very far um i'm gonna tell you as i tell all of my guests Thank if you. there's any way that i could be of assistance to you to your students and to just your cause just let me know because it's not every day that people show up just for the, the cause that you're trying to do and I commend you for trying to unite our community on a, not even just on an educational level, but also on a mental level. Um, I do think that it is something that is seen and not, it's kind of like a, as a child, well, I don't know if you would talk this as a child, but I'm just going to say from my personal experience, where it's uh, seen and not heard, you know, you don't speak of it. And I'm, and I'm so happy that you have chosen to speak on it and not mm -hmm. to speak on it, but actually um, put actions behind those words and uh, put your best and better foot forward to bring our community together to have more of us functioning in society, not only on an educational level, but also on a mental level. And with that being said, that is it. That is all. Yes, ma'am. And your amazing guest, Desiree Bailey, as I call her Ray Ray again, Logan's Learning Lab Project. Stems. It was definitely my pleasure. Yes, and thank again, you so thank much you for all for tuning into That's It, That's All podcast with Alina. And as always and forever, you have a very, very blessed day. Goodbye. Love you too. Thank you. Bye. Love you.